Good evening, good evening, good evening. Welcome to another KG Fifth Ward Wildcat and Doc podcast. Fellas, how are you? Done. Now tell really? them who you are, too, while I put you on on the uh, Facebook Live. Sir, who are you? I am the Fifth Ward Wildcat. I am here today with some friends, amongst friends, not enemies or frenemies. You can find me online at Facebook, TweetDeck, Twitter, J.L. Woodley 1, Jerry L. Woodley Jr., YouTube, SoundCloud, Blogger, Blogspot, AKSV, The CSR, The College Sports Report. And sir, typing away, who are you? I'm Dr. Kenyatta Cavill, the sports professor. You can catch me on social media platforms at Dr. Kenyatta Cavill, that's D-R. K-E-N-Y-A-T-T-A-C-A-V-I-L Again, it's D-R K-E-N-Y-A-T-T-A-C-A-V-I-L Catch you on the website THG-Agency.com You can find out all sorts of information Including the HBCU ARC Conference That's the HBCU Athletic Research Consortium Conference Coming to you starting November the 30th Where it kicks off with the Ben L. Cavill Sr. HBCU Football Award 26th the second edition if you would you can find the weekly reports in terms of the watch list which obviously includes the kickoff watch list that we announced at this year's Labor Day Classic at Prairie View A&M's new football facility and stadium you can also catch me on the social media platforms like we said Dr. Kenyatta Cavill D-R-K-E-N-Y-A-T-T-A-C-A-V-I-L weekly every Tuesday from 6 to 7 you can catch me on KSUH TV. That's 92.9 FM HD2, which will include us giving a HBCU sports games of the week, particularly right now during football season. And that's every Tuesday from 6 to 7, Dr. Cavill's inside the HBCU Sports Lab. If you can't catch it live, you can catch it on the podcast. We post that weekly as well, so you can listen at your own convenience. And that's SoundCloud, and you can type in Dr. Cavill's Inside the HBCU Sports Lab. One other thing I would not, I would be remiss if I did not talk about that I'm quite happy about. We got the letter from the Texas Higher Education Coordinating Board. Oh. Is that we will now officially begin to offer the new Masters of Science in Sport Studies and Sports Leadership. We will start uh, a pilot program 2017, kicking off fully next fall 2017. So we're adding Masters program. So I'm very (coughs) excited about that. One final step I have to push forward with, and we'll see what we can do to become the first HBCU to offer a doctoral program, if you would, a doctorate in sports study. So still have some work to do, but we're really excited about this master's program. You're getting there. You're getting there. A lot hard, of things happening. Hard work. Hard work. Exactly. So a lot of people are going to have a lot of opportunity to study sports studies, and we do just what every other sport management program does around the country, our athletic uh, administration program in terms of those basic classics you need to um, earn your degree in the program and be on top of your game in terms of what it takes to be in the industry. 
we also have a unique focus where we focus on HBCU athletic programs and different frameworks that may be slightly different from other um, professional or power five institutions. So if you can get it done at HBCU, you certainly can get it done in the earth, other arena. So that's something I'm really excited to announce uh, as we got that this weekend. Then we can get into some of the other business. Well, one thing Hold for up. sure. Before we get into the other business, Doc, that's, as you told me one day when we were walking there to make the, the trip, I asked about why nobody was in the, in the weight room. You said because folks got to go to class with Doc. <laughs> <laughs> I'm about sports and coaching, and Doc, you about education. No and question I'm gonna tell about you, it. That's a hell of a step you're making right there. Yeah, it, it, I appreciate that. It means a lot to that's a hell of a folks step. to recognize that we are continuing to push uh, the envelope forward, if you would, of trying to provide a platform where other individuals can get into sport management, but particularly students of color. African-American, Latin-American, Mexican-American students, particularly in this area, giving them an opportunity to show off their skills. Uh, we do it with some of the things we do on platforms. And, and last week, we had a one-of-a-kind. Never had been done before. We did, you all are obviously familiar with ESPN Game Day, where we did our own version, um, aptly called HBCU Game Day, there's a website out there called hbcugameday.com. They were the presenting sponsors for the event, so we did HBCU Game Day. We talked about it a little bit here on this show, marketing-wise. HBCU Game Day presents Dr. Cavill's Inside the HBCU Sports Lab. Just told you that you can catch it every Tuesday on um, KCUH TV 92.9 FM HD2. Uh, so we decided to go on the road. So we set it up. We had a stage, just like you would need to do a nice remote. But we added a unique component where we did a streaming process. So you can go to THG Agency, and we'll have that up in the next couple of days. Uh, it should be ready to go for those that didn't catch it live. You can go back and check it out. Let me know what you think. Uh, had some good reviews. So we're excited about that. And we're in the work. There's some other people that caught it and said they want a piece of it. So we'll see if they're able, uh, willing to do what's necessary to get it done. And if it is, we'll definitely announce it first right here so other folks can get that information and see us go back to work and in front of the cameras and not just on the microphone. You can catch us uh, in the studio in camera as we do a streaming. And you can go to www.kcuhradio.com and see us on KCUH TV. Um, so we obviously put that on Facebook right after the show, so you can catch it there if you want to see the recording as we can. If you just want to have the audio with the podcast, go to SoundCloud, Doctorville's Inside the HBC Sports Lab. Gentlemen, I got breaking news. I'm breaking, I don't want to call it breaking within the last couple of hours, but um, <laughs> here we go, in case you hadn't heard. The NTA. I decided to relocate championships from North Carolina for the 2016-2017 season. Here's a press release that was released around wow. 610 Houston time. And I plan around. Based on the NTA's commitment to fairness and inclusion, the association will relocate all seven previously awarded championship events oh, from North Carolina during the 2016-17 academic year. That's a lot of dollars. The NTA Board of Governors made this decision because of the cumulative actions 
taken by the state concerning civil rights protections. It's a cumulative act. In its decision Monday, the Board of Governors emphasized the NCAA championships and events must promote an inclusive atmosphere for all college athletes, coaches, administrators, and fans. Current North Carolina state laws make it challenging to guarantee that host communities can deliver on that commitment if NCAA events remain in the state, the board said. Here's a quote from President Emmert, Mark Emmert. Fairness is about more than the opportunity to participate in college sports or even compete for championships. We believe in providing a safe and respectful environment at our events and are committed to providing the best experience possible for college athletes, fans, and everyone taking part in our championships, end quote. The board stressed that the dynamic in North Carolina is different from that of other states because of at least four specific factors. Wow. North Carolina laws invalidate any local law that treats sexual orientation as a protected class or as a purpose to prevent discrimination against lesbian, gay, bisexual, or transgender individuals. Second, North Carolina has the only statewide law that makes it unlawful to use a restroom different from the gender on one's birth certificate regardless of gender identity. Three, North Carolina law provides legal protections for government officials to refuse services to the LGBT community. Four, five states plus numerous cities prohibit travel to North Carolina for public employees and representatives of public institutions, which could include student athletes and campus athletic staff. These states are New York, Minnesota, Washington, Vermont, and Connecticut. The seven championship events will be relocated from North Carolina for 2016, 2017, and they are the 2016 Division I Women's Soccer Championship, 2016 Division III Men's Women's Soccer Championships, the 2017 Division I Men's Basketball Championship first and second rounds in Greensboro, 2017 Division I Women's Golf Championships regional in Greenville, 2017 Division III Men's and Women's Tennis Championships in Cary, 2017 Division I Women's Lacrosse Championships in Cary, and lastly, 2017 Division II Baseball Championship also in Cary. Obviously, the basketball first and second rounds with North Carolina and Duke, who are almost guaranteed spots to be around that area. Uh, At least one of those. Financially huge. All of them add up to really significant dollars. But I think some of the poignant points of what he talked about is the fact that there are four uh, components that goes into just general laws that may be across the country that people may not be comfortable with. But the way that these four particular laws are um, bound in uh, North Carolina push them to the direction they are. You've obviously heard me say a lot of things that I'm not happy with the NCA, um, but it's uh, this one, it looks like they're front of the curve. Obviously, this is behind what the NBA did in terms of their stance, and so it's intriguing that they've decided to move forward in regards to uh, the framework. Now, another thing I would put out there before I pass it on the be interesting to get your comments on the framework of what you heard, as well as the fact that you do recall early on that the NCAA a while back had moved in regards to the mascot issue, right? Which I think they were well ahead of the curve. We still have that issue with the NFL, right? And also the fact that um, 
they also made this move in to some degree with the flag issues they had. Mm-hmm. When I say flag, I'm talking about the Confederate flag. Right. So those are a couple of things where the NCAA was pushing this forward even before professional teams ha- have done. And it's intriguing to me uh, that the sports of baseball and football uh, have been eerily quiet on this issue. And so it'll be intriguing to see, does this push them to move forward or will they try to stay out of this as much as as possible and will they ever have to get into the fold of what's taking place? Hopefully they will, but it seems like the NC2A has found themselves in a situation where we've got enough power and enough influence and we're supposed to be about informing and enlightening Student, uh, uh, the the masses, especially the, the uh, students, athletes, as we refer to them, as, as they refer to them. Well, college it, 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 on the college level, I refer it, to them as college athletes. And I get that. Uh, for whatever reason, they may it's, it's, they were adamant to the point that when it was brought to the table. Everybody was all in one accord and said, we're going to move forward with this. Well, and, and, at and, least and, they put it out there. I would love to see what was the internal vote in, rec- in regards to regionality. And, 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 that, and that's, a, that's a good point. Uh, but, even if you're talking about the southwest and the south in terms of blocks, right? it still leaves out the east coast, the midwest, and obviously the middle uh, west and well, the far west, my which can be larger voting blocks, and I wonder how that. My interest would be toward the mainstay of the NC2A, the state of Indiana, because of what the the, the governor has pushed the issue. Yeah, Pence is and, running, and, you know, and he's he's running for for vice, office right now. Yeah. Uh, so for whatever yeah. reason that for, that was it was done. Somebody thought long and hard about it, and and put it to a vote, and and actually they were strong enough to put bring it to a vote because you and I, all three of us know, it's hard to bring things to a, to a vote to the floor when, yes. when, when yes, you yes. just even to discuss it in an open forum. That's you true. can do a lot of things in in, uh, in in back rooms, but when you bring it to the forum, bring it to the floor, and it gets discussed, gets voted on, and gets passed, you've also made a decision of. Logistically, we're ready to move forward and ready to put a stamp on it and says, "Okay, we're going to replace this event with another one at this site, and we're ready to move on." It's going to be awarded to the next person in the line, and we all know how hard that is to move a national championship once it's been set and facilities have been. Money has been allocated for facilities to improve, to set up, waiting on that particular event to, to happen. Now, it's about to get moved out. And seven championships, right? right. Mm-hmm. That's a lot of championships on NC two eight. I don't care if it's Division one, two, or three. That's a lot of that, that's a lot of uh, student athletes that's in your area for at least a week. That means you got teams, boosters. Other students, parents, extended families. Somebody's buying hotel, uh, buying food. Somebody's staying in a hotel. Somebody's renting a car, an airfare, or a train. 
now, as you just mentioned, we're gonna have the waiting point now with the with the pro athlete with the with the uh, the uh, pro leagues. <laughs> Hopefully, uh, well, not the NBA. The NBA pulled the All Star game and put it in New Orleans. Yeah, they yeah. pulled it first. So, they so you know, in they terms of what is recent, and particularly about North Carolina, and how people are really um, frustrated about how they're going about it. And remember, a lot of this also has to do with a a federal rules that said that North Carolina was so blatant in the way that they were going about oppressing people in terms of the vote. And I use oppressing purposely in terms of what is going on mm-hmm. Uh, mm-hmm. with those choosing to boycott, boycott the national anthem. And so I think it is extremely intriguing to look at this issue and I think right now you're seeing that you're having some very challenging discussions about what America was, particularly to a group of people, and what many people believe America should be. And that's fundamentally what this question is about. And there are significant powers on both sides, mm-hmm, mm-hmm. and that is political, and mm-hmm. that is financial, because mm-hmm. uh, we can roll this into the issue with Kaepernick. In fact, uh, even deeper in, in regards to the Denver Broncos and linebacker Brandon Marshall losing his second deal mm-hmm. uh, that he talks about. And he is quoted and saying, and he told everybody, I just lost another endorsement, Marshall said. This is quote presented by ESPN. Uh, but it's not going to make me lose any sleep. I understand there will be things that come up, criticism and support. I just have to do what I think is right, end quote. I think it's intriguing when you also look at the statement made by Century Link, Century Link, which is a regional-based cable company um, that had hired him to speak for him. It's a cable communication company out of the Colorado Denver area. Uh, they went on, uh, as the statement says, "Quote: America is anchored in the right of individuals to express their beliefs. While we acknowledge Brandon's right, we also believe." That whatever issues we face, we also occasionally must stand together to show our allegiance to our common bond as a nation. In our view, the National Anthem is one of those moments. For the reason, while we wish Brandon the best this season, we are politely terminating our agreement with him. End quote. Uh, it's interesting how they decided to move, but they were very careful in their words in terms of how they wanted to express uh, their framework. So that's intriguing to me. Uh, I don't necessarily agree with it, but obviously I'm not running the company, and they do have the right to make their decisions. Right. I just uh, fascinating about this, and upon this, I think a deeper issue is the fact that uh, he is scheduled to meet with the Denver Police Chief uh, Robert C. White on Tuesday, and with members of Denver's Police Union, the Denver Police Protective Association. So it'll be interesting to see, and I think it's important with everything he's doing. One of the main things that Kaepernick talked about. Other individuals that are supporting, uh, which we'll get into some names mm-hmm, uh, mm-hmm. yesterday, uh, from yesterday, I should say, uh, in further part of the podcast, is the fact that they wanted people to take notice and they wanted the dialogue to continue. The fact that they're getting a chance to sit down with the police and the police, police union in terms of the police chief, I think, is very intriguing and is a step in the right direction. Obviously, we don't know what's going to come out of the meeting. We don't know how honestly they'll listen, uh, provide information in terms of what is taking place. But the fact that they're sitting down in meeting, I think, is uh, important 
to make sure that we mention and take note. But I think this is a fascinating um, discussion in a lot of ways. It's broken down in terms of economic status. Obviously, it's broken, broken down in terms of ethnicity. I choose not to use race because it is a archaic uh, form that we use that is actually grounded in um, science that is not accurate. So that's one issue we have doing that. But have we found a lot of people now have found even more about the national national anthem? I think it's frustrating a lot of people. I think uh, you saw retired Denver Broncos tight end Sharp yes, go on the new podcast. I mean, his new show on Fox. Right. Um, I think nice he did a great job, and a lot yeah. of people were impressed about the connection he's made. There's a professor right here at U of H, uh, Dr. Horn. That would be remiss if I didn't talk about it from an academic that provided an article that we may get into a little later that breaks down and makes that connection where he talks about uh, it's uh, intriguing to hear people talk about African Americans and, and their their frustration of what takes place and asking them to forget about uh, being enslaved. Again, notice I didn't say slaves. I said enslaved, which is a different framework as if these were individuals enslaved Africans because uh, they were not citizens of this country. But he noted that you would not ask Jewish people uh, to not remember the Holocaust. True. You would not have any questioning about Jewish people questioning them praising a German, uh, particularly True. at that time, part of the Nazi, uh, that would sing a song honoring <laughs> the country in that framework. And I thought that was poignant and those are some of the issues that I'm not sure that everybody is really pointing to and would like to just forget and move over and I don't think everybody has the same disposition to be able to forget particularly if their lifestyle is not the same and it's intriguing that we assume just because people have a great deal of money uh, that they would be comfortable and would be willing just to move on which brings me to a last group along with the Miami Dolphins um, who made some statement, Kansas City Chief players, and I, and I definitely will get their names for you. But you had the Seattle uh, Seahawks. football Seahawks mm-hmm. football program team, professional team. We're going to make a significant statement, and after I believe they got some pushback, and maybe it talked a little too soon before they had really got everybody on board, or maybe even they got some different people in the in the, in from the ownership to kind of. Uh, maybe asked them to go in a different direction. The coach, to his credit, supported whatever direction they were going to do. But they went out and linked arms, and you had some brushbacks that people were very upset that they moved from one way to the other and thought they did more disservice than service in terms of that, and that they were making both sides unhappy, which I think is probably total opposite of what they wanted to do, those in favor or against this. But I do not believe this discussion is going away. You had Roger Goodell come out. And it doesn't surprise me, a particular way he polices the football program. I use the word police, and I use that. That's been kind. That's been kind. That's been kind. Very kind, because a lot of people, he uh, and people do not like these type of connotations, but that's just the way I see the frame. He comes out in a lot of ways like an overseer. Uh, it's my way, and, and it doesn't matter what color you are on these issues. We see that with the way he does it. You know, you all are just dominions. You are just players. Uh, you serve at our rights, uh, no matter how much we pay you. And uh, I care less if you have any voice. And 
as far as I'm concerned, that's what you negotiated, and it's even worse than you negotiated. I'm still going to do what I need to do anyway. Mm. So he came out totally against this. And it's amazing, again, in a country that is stating openly, uh, even with this quote, that you have the ability to express your beliefs. But if you don't believe what we believe, that you will not have the right and and be celebrated or even acknowledged the same way anybody else. So that's amazing to me that you could have so much feeling, particularly in a flag and a song. But if people don't enjoy the song like you do, then they, in a lot of ways, you see them as anti-American. We had a student that joined this protest. His principles came out and coach suspended them again. So I was like, in a lot of ways, boy, you go from freedoms to dictatorship really quick when you're not in line with what everybody wants to do on issues that uh, many people are not general in terms of the framework of what we usually see for student uh, behavior. So this was all over the place. And again, this is not going away. And this is just what I've seen. And I wanted to bring to the table to make sure that uh, people saw a greater uh, lens of what is taking place than they may have ever saw before. Doc, I agree with all of that. It's, it's rare that I disagree with it totally, but yeah, I'm, I'm ready to go with that. And you can find on my uh, Facebook timeline the link and the video of uh, young Mr. Sharp. And I speak to him that way because of Sterling how, Sharp. Ster- uh, how he. Shannon, Shannon, Shannon Sharp. Shannon Sharp, yeah. How he eloquently described. World War II veterans who fought and came home to a different world and weren't treated the same. That wasn't a different world. Different world with the experience overseas. Same, well, same thing they, they experienced they were here before trust they, me now, they left for the war. Because right. when I talked to my dad, who is a, who, who was a, a World War II veteran here, my uncle, mm-hmm. they did expect some things. Oh, I'm sure they did. <laughs> and to come home. And not see that. It was like the Vietnam veterans, when they came home from Vietnam and and saw basically a changed world compared to what they thought was going to welcome them with open arms, it didn't happen. No question about it. And you still, to the, to this day, here I am, past 62 years old, and the world has not gotten any closer to where it needs to be in this country that they call. And the key word you said... Closer where it needs to be. It Not that it said it hasn't moved forward, but closer to where it needs to be. It and I'm in total agree, and that's a great framework that you look at it that way. Uh, this resonates, your statement resonates with me extremely uh, deeply from the standpoint that uh, I'm actually going uh, in a couple of Saturdays to celebrate my grandfather, who I'm named after. Mm-hmm. First name is Japhus, his name is Japhus, my father's name is Japhus. My father is a junior. I have a different middle name. But Japhus P. Cavill Sr., uh, he was one of two Army OTC graduates from Prairie View, the first class, two individuals. He's one of the two. So I'm very proud of that. And Prairie View in, in 1947. I found the old picture somebody sent me uh, that I'll get a chance, hopefully, to tweet out there where it shows him being commissioned. Wow. In the Army in 1947. So exactly what your framework. Went overseas to fight in the war and came back. But not having the same rights as every other American in this country. And he fought for freedom uh, for the world. We're talking about World War II. Oh, yeah. The world would have looked totally different. Trust me. If the U.S. and the Allies would not have won that Folks war. Folks just don't know. Uh, but as you come back, those 
freedoms that you fought for individuals across the world uh, is different. And uh, we've had great history lessons where oftentimes until late in that war, we had African-Americans were not even given guns. Oftentimes they took guns in the middle of the battle to help protect ships. We we learned that later with Pearl Harbor, World War II in the forecast about that. Gunnery's just... Uh, Larry Doe yeah. making great frameworks and that. But going back to him and the framework that you'd come back the country is it's almost hard to to Fathom talk about man. that. Yeah. Even fathom for sure, but just to speak on this without having some frustration about people that have put their life on the line. And we act as if everything's okay and we still know there's issues and people say, All right, let's work towards them. But when you try to get people to seriously look at these issues or deal with these issues, people really don't want to do that. Mm-hmm. I mean, they, they act as if, yeah, we can do better, and they'll be quick to say, let's do better, let's have a meeting and things of this nature. But when people try to really push forward with serious issues and as you confront these issues and confront serious questions, uh, a large group of society will, will not only ask you to back down, but they will try to break you i mean you have people losing endorsements you have people burning jerseys i mean how much difference is that than people being lynched from a tree and burning them physically so you're to the point where you can't get away with literally hanging somebody and burning them like we know happened in the 1910s and 1920s and even 1930s the largest time in our country that happened in the 1920s. But how different is that from somebody getting on um, Facebook and videotaping the fact that they're burning an individual's jersey with their name on it? How far are we really about that imagery that people are proud about putting that up there on the screen? And and many people actually would applaud them in terms of likes uh, and comments supporting that behavior. Uh, just how far are you from that I mean we literally have a gentleman and I use the word loosely for some people that is running for the president of the United States to use words that we thought were long off the books that you use and most people act as if they don't care act as if he's just being American and he's doing this right but when somebody else does it it becomes concern so there's are some serious issues that as individuals that talk sports, yeah, we'd like to talk that more, but this is right in the middle of sports. And uh, I don't think that we would be without uh, true cause of who we are if we didn't speak poignantly uh, at these issues. And that's what I will continue to try to do. Thank you, gentlemen. And I'm going to put it on myself. We're going to get into this football in a second. All right. But, yeah, uh, great. but uh, this is – I want to put some – camera on me real quick I saw on Facebook another person with that ridiculous assessment of if you don't like this country why don't you move go to another country what the hell does that mean oh I, I know exactly you, what you it know, means I know what it means but I'm, I didn't want to respond to it because you know, oh, I understand, I put, I, understand. Some folk, I put some folks in check and apparently those folks don't no longer post on my Facebook page because I, <laughs> I put them in <laughs> their place or whatever they, they're scared to respond to your intellectual my, thoughts because um, one of the things I, I said to the person was, tell me about Brock Turner, the Stanford rapist, the swimmer who did six months 
that's all. Well, probation got out for good behavior in three, three months. months. Wow. This person's yeah. blasting Kaepernick, blast Kaepernick for standing up or sitting down for making a silent protest. This person had no idea who Brock Turner was. Really? It would have been hard for that, me to... That, 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 that says a lot right there. Oh, yeah. Because yeah. Brock Turner ain't been all over the news for months. <laughs> the trial, all kinds of stuff. This person had no idea who Brock Turner was, but it was quick to bash and criticize and call Kaepernick a fool, ignorant. Any of the other players who were protesting, ignorant, but had no idea who Brock Turner was. Wow. Wow. Because I know so, where I was. You know, one, one of those folks... Go to another country. I'm in my country. Just because my beliefs or my protests may not agree with what you think I should say, it's still America. I can say what I want to say. Where are these saying, folks? I want to hear one of these people say to a Klan rally, go back to another country. Klan rally is all about hate. Right? Yep. It's all about hate. Colin Kaepernick's point, his issue, is about police brutality. Which does exist. Some folks, why do people believe that the police are above the law and that the police are imperfect, are, are perfect? Police should be held accountable just like everybody else. If you break the law, you break the law. You commit a crime, you should do the time. That's, that is the crux of what all of us want is justice, correct? Yes. Why is that so difficult for some to believe that police officers are on just some pedestal and they do no wrong. There are rogue cops. Those rogue cops, if you do crime, where are those good cops? Why are they silent? Where is this thin blue line that keeps them those blue those good cops from turning in or reporting the rogue cops? What is so wrong about that? Why is it so difficult for you to do? From an academic standpoint, I think that's a really fair question. Uh, uh, before I really look at it academically, they talk about, uh, just like you would have in any gang or group affiliations, oftentimes group thought far surpasses what individuals believe is right. And uh, people may not want to hear this, but uh, you're looking at a group that has a great deal of power. Some would argue some of the most uh, are some of the strongest power within the country outside of the NRA that they haven't been able to push back in regards to the use of guns because they are, in a lot of ways, against uh, uh, semi-automatics, but they haven't been able to push the NRA around. But everybody else, they've had in a position. And we sold uh, the framework of policing in this country uh, that without police uh, protecting us, that we will have anarchy and people just would lose their mind so if you're not careful and you talk about policing and that there are some problems then you really and you admit this then you have to understand there are going to be some changes and most people are not comfortable about changes because they believe by and far that the framework of policing is positive and that uh, if they don't have it that their way of life will change which for me obviously is quite crazy uh, but that's the framework that a lot of people are under, and it's ultimately quite disturbing. But that's something that I wanted people to consider and think about when we look at that. But uh, that's a significant issue, and you really need to go back to history of why even po police uh, began in this country. And it comes from a very ugly, 
framework that people don't necessarily care to admit, and it hasn't necessarily changed a lot. Um, and so those are some of the poignant issues that oftentimes people look at these lenses uh, through what is taking place right now, and they do not look back at the historical connection of what takes place. And when you do that, it becomes challenging for you to make the same type of arguments that you're asking that you said people are making another issue when you hear this change go back to africa first of all people need to go back in the history and understand that this comes from a long ugly past this goes back to the time again when enslaved africans first came to america and you actually had a group of people for those that escaped whether they were on ships getting over here uh, that they actually sent them back or actually raised money. Some of thought it was very positive and other ones uh, from the framework they were asked to go back and other ones just wanted to get them out the way and ship them back. I mean, you actually have a country uh, Libya, uh, Liberia, I would, in Africa that is founded based uh, with the principles of the United States where Africans or what would be known as Africans, African Americans now went back to Africa at that time. Then this conti continuation Throughout history, where people talk about going back to Africa or, or leave this country from that framework, the the point that about that is is you're in, in a lot of ways you're showing that you actually don't believe that a lot of people are citizens of this country. Because if you fundamentally believe that these individuals that you are talking about go to another country or leave this are citizens, then you would know that they wouldn't be able to gain citizenship somewhere else, that they were born here. So I think in a lot of ways, that really tells you in a lot more ways that how poignant and how ugly these individuals that are saying this really are, uh, which I can understand why you wouldn't respond to them uh, wasting your time in terms of written diction, and I won't take much longer to respond to them either, but those are some things that I want people to understand and the second part of that is, if you truly believe that you are a citizen of this country, one of the first things you will, and people have to confuse my French, is like, hell no, I'm not going anywhere. And that's, Point where, and that's where we're going to stop right there with the Facebook Live portion. We're going to get into the audio portion for some football and some, some other things. But this was good. This is what we do here in the KG, Fistful Wildcat and Doc podcast. I just wanted to let some folks know we've been – Busy. That's why we haven't been on a weekly routine. Yeah. So uh, collecting stakes. We came back. Uh, thank you. Oh yeah. Uh, thank, thank, you. We, thank, you. Off, thank you. Before we go off, thank you. Yeah, yeah. Before that, we go that's off, before, that's good. That's before, good. Now, before, I, I put this is how we gonna finish this up. Yeah, that's yeah. This is how we gonna finish this. No, yeah. I ain't shaking. That's it. That's yeah, it. That's, that's it. Tell them what. Give them that's it. Give them no, 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 no. Not yet. First of all, the final score was what? Final score was twenty-four twenty. A favor of who? Let folks know who we're talking about, man. We're talking about the HBU Huskies over on the corner of Beechner and Fondren. <laughs> Defeated who? <laughs> Defeated the Texas Southern Tigers. First year head coach from, from the first year head coach, Coach Haywood. If everybody remembers, I didn't waver from the bet. Sure did, but I did you have a question. Uh, but I, uh, but I did have a question. I did have a question about the coaching staff, and I'm gonna be honest with this. And when I see Coach Quay Haywood, I'm gonna say him to his face, "Young man, young man, they got a coaching staff in third ward. The days are just 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 stepping out there on the field and and thinking it's all hunky dory now with Texas Southern Tigers, folks. 
I posted this. On, I, I wrote this up on on this past weekend. One year, if he can get the right balance of transfers and recruits. Two years, if he goes to recruit route. But one thing is for sure. Like yeah, like like the athletic director, Dr. Charles McClellan, mentioned in, at at the media at the uh, uh, press uh, to the press lunch. He had some football language on on the field, folks. It was some football language being being handed out on Saturday night. <laughs> and I'm gonna tell you something. It look, it looks real dark right now, but the light at the end of the tunnel, when they get out of that tunnel, it's gonna be, uh. So why can't when is Doc gonna feed you the steak? Now that's on Doc's time, but the fact that we all know that he's got to get that done. Now he just made another offer, and I'm gonna let him make that offer all here for everybody to hear. But Doc, sir, what you yes, got sir. to say now? What you oh, got yeah. to say? I'm, we're going to pay you your steak. It was five steaks. We're gonna pay you your steaks. I'm paying off one of the steaks. Your choice, whichever Tuesday that you're ready. Oh, after yeah. the radio no, no show, problem. No uh, problem. We'll do that at no your problem. convenience. Okay. Since you earn the steak, right. and you. Uh, <laughs> A willingness to let me double down on this. So oh, yeah. For the other four stakes, we'll oh, yeah. take this back up. We'll double down for next year and see whether I owe him eight stakes versus we go to zero. Well, Doc, one thing is for sure. we made, when, the, when the schedule got made, it got put together, the contracts and all got signed and everything. Two years ago we did that. We made a decision and said, okay, let's, let, let's get this done. Yeah, we and, did. We, and we did. And the only thing I, uh, I had a question about was if they made a coaching change. Right. And trust me, a coaching change, and, it's, and I'm going to stay with this. The coaching change was the right change. Yeah. That's a total football staff that they got here on campus at uh, Texas Southern University. Yeah. I'm not going to lie about that. Because yeah. they stayed in that game. And you have to think about this, if you allow me to jump in. Yeah, no, go ahead. Because this ahead. is where you're going. Is that they've lost the quarterback after game one. And that just lets you know how much that first game was Oh yeah, a, a dust-up in terms of folks going at it and playing yeah. Oh, yeah. very hard. Texas Southern lost the starting quarterback, Christoph, uh, and to a, with the MCL. Yeah. He's out for the season. Uh, Griffin, all everything wide receiver was busted up after the game and had to sit out this game. He is projected to be back for Mississippi Valley uh, State. Excuse me, Mississippi Valley State this Saturday. And so those are two huge weapons. And they still found a way after being totally dominated in terms of yards. Oh, yeah. Uh, over that game, and yeah. they still found a way to be in that game. In fact, took the lead late in that game. And credit to Houston Baptist oh, yeah. that they went back down the field and scored to go ahead, score, Darren and Peters. stop them on a critical fourth and ten uh, in the middle of the field. Some people thought they may have should punt, but at some point, like you said, you have to stand up and see where you are. Yeah, you got to find. In out. a lot of ways, the defense was getting tired. Yeah. And he showed on that and final drive. Right. Gentlemen, that gentlemen. They put so much out that they couldn't do. Let but. me chime in. Our one of our loyal supporters, <laughs> uh, Bruce says, let him know when and he'll come partake in the steak also. He, so, he will? So it's on you, sir. You you pick the time. Hey. So no problem. No problem. I give everybody enough time and all once Doc says that uh because Doc is ready to, to to get it done. Oh yeah. Uh, I got to put my schedule at, at, at my schedule together, uh, and I'm in the process of doing that. So we'll make sure Bruce gets a. Oh uh, yeah. 
private text message yeah. to attend the event. Um, and for this bet, I'll make sure that he gets one of the stakes, and I still will still do it. Oh no, down no problem, on, no problem, yeah. no yeah. problem. We we'll take care of you, Bruce. Don't worry about that. Yeah, man. You. Yeah, you, 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 you come ready to eat, man. Just come ready to eat. <laughs> that's all. That's all you got. Because because I'm gonna tell you, like like they, they, ghosts don't don't sit at the table. Ghost does not sit at the table, Bruce. <laughs> Ghost does not sit at the table. And with that, we're going to shift off. Thanks a lot. This was fun on the, on the video part of Facebook Live. So thank you very much. Now we're going to get into the audio portion, the true audio, the solely audio. Gentlemen. Doc, let's talk about this game Saturday. It was well, Before we jump into the game Saturday, you're talking about Mississippi Valley State, right? Yeah. Before we jump in here, let me give you what took place last week. Oh, yeah. Top five. Yeah, yeah. I won't share the entire top ten because I think it'll that, give us a chance to yeah. play it forward. And I'll tell you where I'm at with my with my, my, my polls and all. Uh, uh, and it hadn't this week it hadn't changed. No. And, and I, it and now, the only good thing about this week, past, the U of H had to get 45, and they got 45. That was the only way I was going to leave them while they're while they sitting there. Uh, it's interesting that Right now, Oklahoma State looks like they are lost. Yeah. I saw that, that second half of that game, and man, they were not prepared for whatever. Uh, you know, and the same thing with TCU. You, if late in games, you're supposed to be prepared for for something. <laughs> something. And those are home games. Yeah, that's what I'm talking about. Home loss for uh, Oklahoma State and TCU and, and for Big 12. And you, that shouldn't happen. I mean, it's. it's yeah, it, it, it's Arkansas. But he, uh, there's two things. One, we're talking about this season with the Final Four as right, you get right. to. It makes it a very challenge for the right. Big Twelve to make their case of and the five major conferences. It was, it was just this mentioned. does help U of H to oh, me yeah. in two ways. One, in terms of this year, if they can continue to roll the table, right, it makes their statement even louder, and it provides one conference out of the way. So now they're only looking at one other seat. True. It also helps them that Texas. In the max, unless Texas run the table and somehow gets in, you're going to be hard-pressed to get over that brand. And the fact they had a win over Notre Dame. But what it does at this point, the fact that they got the win over Notre Dame, right. in a lot of ways it pushes Notre Dame to the back seat of the bus. Now, they still have a large schedule to be able to make some statements, but it does put them in a precarious position in terms of the Big 12 moving to that fifth spot, if you would, right. which allows U of H. This also bids well for U of H as we talk about in terms of expansion. This is a mm-hmm. conference that is in very bad need right now of some football help. If the if the powers that be are aggressive and not cowards, like some of the coaches, well, I definitely think they're they, they're the, going to be cowards. But it, I think this makes it more challenging for them to be cowards. If you're at the top. It's easier for you to be a coward because you can say, hey, we're good enough. We're still able to get in. But once you start losing these matchups, um, you still can be a coward. But now those that are in positions to make good decisions in terms of money, ADs, are not going to listen to you as much. They're going to say, hey, you're not getting it done. We're not getting in, in, in the field and getting our money anyway. So we need to get some people in here that's going to get it done. So I think you make a great valid point, but I think it, it actually hurts them. In regards to the coaches trying to be cowards when they can't win without these type of matchups. And the other thing is, I watched the uh, Oregon game this past weekend. They're gonna make a, they're gonna make some statements in, in the Pac-12. Mm-hmm. And that that could could really throw a monkey wrench in that conference getting there, get, getting 
getting a bid out of any one of those teams. Uh, Stanford, you know, they're going to beat Stanford. But USC and UCLA, look, did not have good weekends back-to-back. Both of them came to Texas, the state of Texas, rather, and lost. One lost big because Alabama just, like, rolled over them. Right. You know, and and that shouldn't have happened. Because uh, they've got better athletes than that. There's going to be a lot of guys off that off that USC team, especially up front, uh, that, that's going to get draft. Uh, that's going to be draft I'm glad eligible. You pointed out about because I'm going to tell you something. Those, those guys are not. USC does not have a slouch up front in our offensive line or their front four. Those guys can play. They all play on Sundays. UCLA. They were in that game and got. And just were not able to overcome some yeah. situations yeah. at A and M on the road, yeah. and that can happen. But they had the game in hand and just couldn't pull it out. Well, it's, the, the Pac twelve is you're alluding to. They need UCLA to really right the ship quickly, and more than anything, right now it looks like they need Stanford, maybe Oregon, if you get a break there. But they need Stanford to roll the table. Or the Pac twelve is going to be in trouble if U of H gets rolling, can get rolling. Well, here's, here's the thing. U of H has a road game, tough road game Thursday against Cincinnati. Oh, I mean, you it's a short week, yes. You know, it's a short week. Were no you problem. at the game Saturday against Lamar? No. I, I I was there for the quarter, and then the three-hour rain delay. I couldn't. I just couldn't. I could wait that long. But <laughs> and I know, for, that's, for that's, them, that's for U of H, paint dry. too. <laughs> And 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 there's a lightning delay and the reasons for it. Lightning strike within eight miles. And, and, I, and we all get back that. thirty minutes. You know. Yeah, it was real. It was it was real. It was legitimate. But the Cougars, the way they won the game, with a backup quarterback, backup running backs. They had three running backs rushed for hundred yards apiece at least. Defense. Lamar punted the ball one time. Didn't cross the fifty at all. Forty-two to nothing. That's. U of H, that's old U of H kind of stuff. I'm going, I'm like Bill Yeoman type stuff. When you get, got this kind of depth to win, obviously Lamar is not on the level of oh, the conference opponents, but the With defense playing that good. well, yeah. that was one thing Coach Herman really emphasized. He really believed that his defense, especially the, the front seven, was going to be the strength of the team, and he's two for two. So we'll see what how they play Saturday, uh, Thursday versus Cincinnati on the road. Game's going to be on the ESPN, 6.30 kickoff. Greg Ward practiced, uh, Duke Catalan practiced, running back, started running back. So the Cougars, I think, are going to be as healthy as they can be for game number three. They know they have to run the table. They all know that. But it's right there for them. This is step three in the process. You win this game, then you go to the next opponent, that's Texas State, step by step. But Doc Wildcat is correct. The Big 12, somebody tweeted out, I think it was, Maybe yesterday, Sunday, or Saturday, joking, jokingly, can the Big 12 invite U of H into the conference this year? Because there are, I think, only two undefeated teams in the Big 12 after two weeks. And the Longhorns is one of them, and, and obviously that's the brand, yeah. the national brand. And, uh, and if the Longhorns go undefeated, you said that we know. A year ago. That the Longhorns undefeated, U of H undefeated. Longhorn's going ahead of U of H. Yeah. No, no question. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Any Cougar worth his salt yeah. knows that that's going to happen. Yeah. And, and, and it was mentioned Saturday after that game was over with. It all becomes relevant when UT and Notre Dame are rolling. And in Big 12, I'm, I'm a, until the day I die, if it's, if UT make, gets on a roll, 
conference can sit back and watch it all happen in front of them. And just everybody just play it out. Somebody mentioned today, uh, a friend of mine, uh, just in passing, that at UT will set the schedule once this all happens because it, it, the expansion is, going, is inevitable. It's just a matter of whether it be a long-term expansion or short-term. Because whenever that TV, that, that TV contract is up, is when Texas will make their next move. And they'll wait all of this out because they know now they've got quite a few guys that's Sunday eligible right now. That front, they've got a defensive front that, that can play. They've got an offensive line now that can protect. Mm -hmm. They found a quarterback. And the other thing that they found, coach has, they've got a coach that has worked a two quarterback system all season and won a national championship with it. Leach, Tebow. When he was at Florida with uh, whatever mine. Yeah, yep. you went back. So, That's good. Hey, I worked around some folks, man. Let me, I, can't, I got to be – like you, you got to – that is what's going to save them in the long run because the other night when they ran both of them quarterbacks in behind each other, those were totally two different – Packages that yeah, they which ran. Which is very similar to what they did in Florida when he was the defense coordinator. Yeah, the offense even lined up different as far as even in, in the uh, wideouts. Yeah. They went in, in tight fronts. And they had previous quarterback Hurd getting mm -hmm. in on the wide receiver, giving the knee to death. Yep. Playmaking on the wide receiver. Yep. So, great point. Let me, just, let me just toss this out here as a future seed. Can you imagine the crowd – at hell, Jerry World, Bob McNair World, <laughs> for a Big Twelve championship for a against U of H, U H Texas football game. Oh my goodness! Yeah, I can see that. That's the I can see that. Boy, boy, boy. I can see that. I can see that. Can you see? Imagine that happening. And I'm gonna tell you, that's a game you can be it on, or whatever. Oh that's my a, that's goodness! A, that's a game that the, the ads and the presidents can be it on. And says, okay, now which one of y'all gonna offer this? Because <laughs> yeah. yeah. trust me That would decide a lot of things So I'm just saying Tossing it out there um, Oklahoma right, plays so. Ohio State That's a big one That's they, a nice one. they need to compete Badly Well you know they'll be ready to compete no, I no. think it's not about competing I think they compete I think the question comes down They need one. to win They need to win Forget compete. I think they'll compete. They competed against U of H. They passed that. Now it's, now it's about folks starting to question whether it's passed him by. He got to win some games. And usually the thing is credit to Bob Scoops. Stoops. When he comes to these points, he tends to find a way to get one of these types of victories that allows him to continue to I'm going to stay with my comment. The game against U of H. And the game they had this past weekend. The game against U of H, they got slapped around in the mouth. And they got slapped around. They got all physical. This, this weekend, they were going through motions. And that's different. Louisiana Monroe? Yeah. You weren't in a position to be doing that. <laughs> you, weren't in a, you just got slapped around by a school... Yeah, they was at home. They was on a neutral field. Yeah. But your fans saw you get slapped around. And I mean literally. 
Yeah, you you knocked out the quarterback, and they had to, you know some changes and all, and he didn't play the next week. But that gummin, you went through the motions against Louisiana Monroe. That is, if you go down the road when you, even when they were playing, when they played Tulsa, when they scheduled them games, there's a wide margin, and there's a beatdown happening. Well, that the didn't happen to the motions this Saturday. They're gonna that roll, didn't happen this past weekend. Doc, they got to compete. And, on and national TV, they got to compete. Can be on Fox Saturday, 6.30 kickoff. Let me correct myself. There are three undefeated teams in the Big 12. Baylor's 2-0. Oh, that's why I forgot them because it's oh, Baylor. Oh, now, I'm a, I, it's, 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 we talked West about Virginia that this Texas morning. Uh, I thought, you know, it's, enough guys were going to transfer after the, the the mess and all that went on. But apparently... From the, from Don't the person be too I, early with that. No, the person I talked to this morning, who's who covers the Big Twelve on a regular basis, they uh, still think Baylor's okay because they've got nine players that's draftable, that's still on that squad, that's contributing. Okay. They're not afraid, to, and they they stay, and they stay because of. I understand. Which tells me this weekend, Rice Friday night, seven o'clock at Rice Stadium. They're going to be in trouble. They're going to be in trouble. <laughs> this, this game is not going to be looked the way not I thought it was going to be. It won't be who to who this weekend. It'll be <laughs> you just call it like you see it. I understand. Baylor's on, that team yeah. itself, as players, they're on a mission. Right. That, yeah. I, that and, 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 and if they can put their stamp on that makes without sense. that, without, without, without all of the mess and all around, which Coach Grove has done, to keep all of that, you know, to a uh, an ant hill, a small ant hill, but it's still there and it'll bite you. He's kept them guys focused on the football field, and that, if, if nothing else, he's done a hell of a job. And if he can keep them focused on that football field this whole season, yeah, he's done his job. He's done his job for the well, next person coming. We can slide over to the Big Ten. Big Ten has been. Relatively solid for a little while. Yep. Then you go to the ACC. ACC is feeling really good right now. Florida State and Clemson. Florida State and Clemson. And some people are saying, don't forget about Where, Louisville. Who's play Louisville at the end of the year, too? I saw the Syracuse game. That's a lot of speed. Yes, a lot of talent. That's a lot of speed. Not just a lot of talent. We, that. That game against yeah. Syracuse, and they that got a was coach that's been through the business, and he's that's put a lot that of football speed. program in the way that uh, you feel that they oh, win yeah. some games. It, it, which brings us to the SEC. Yeah, outside of Alabama, the Alabama conference, exactly. Yeah, because outside of Alabama, the SEC doesn't look as mighty as it used to. No, um, which we said, which you said specifically, the last one or two thank years. You. Thank you. That overall. The SEC is overrated. No oh, yeah. And it's showing more. And people are struggling every year to to try to find a way to uplift them. And I think they're having some problems. Which brings me to top 20 team right here in the backyard, Texas A&M. Nine wins. Can, can they continue to push forward? That, that's, 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 they did what they're supposed to do against the sister school. If a lot of people want to refer to the game. Prairie View A&M, Texas A&M, 67-0. Uh, Prairie View did – Getting some opportunities, getting some Dog, scoring they position. Uh, they missed two field goals, one on the first drive. 
but outside of that, what Trevor, you expected took place in there. Trevor the biggest Knight thing in that game to me is the fact that Prairie View didn't come out with any injuries, any real injuries. Oh, yeah, yeah. Because yeah, <laughs> when a game gets away Green like that, Trey Green took it, it a couple of up. hits. It can get ugly. And that's what you – that's – what I have concerns with these FCS, FBS matchups, particularly with the Power 5 programs. Oh, yeah. They've got a point to prove? Yeah. I don't think they really have a point to prove. Some in of fact, some, of some of them like to do it just because that's what they do, what they're playing harder. But I think it's less about a point to prove is the fact that the speed. Yes. And I think it hurts the FCS program a lot more than the, uh, the FBS program, if you would. And the reason I say that is I saw a couple of times where – Trey Green was going through his natural progressions of what he does and making throws, and oftentimes he's able to hold on the ball a little longer because at that level the speed allows him to do that. Mm -hmm. But when you're playing with these Power 5 conferences, you do that, you can find yourself in some trouble in terms of holding that ball, and they're coming at you, and it's not really a late hit. It's the fact that they're playing through the play. You're thinking that you can get the ball off, and you're holding on. And you're playing uh, with the attitude that you're not going to take that big hit, and you get that hit. And I see, if you're not careful, that's where some of the injuries are coming from. With that, let me jump down to the HBCU mid-major division, Division Two NAI programs to give you some updates of what took place here, if you would. We'll do this relatively quickly so we can move forward. At number five, we have Lane. Lane Dragons were not ranked last week. They are 2-0, 1-0 in the SIAC conference race, and they jump up to number five. Out of the post to number five with a second consecutive win, playing some good football, defense very solid. They defeat Fort Valley State 10-7 as they get in the moves. Then you go up to number four, Morehouse Maroon Tigers. They're getting it done as they defeat Kentucky State. 14-3, very intriguing matchups going on there. Then we're going to move into the CIAA. Uh, this may surprise some people as Virginia State looked like they took a step back last year, but they're back in the mix. They've slowly crept up the polls week after week. They have their second week. They have a big non-conference win as they defeat Tusculum 24-10. to They were at home to get that done. Big win for Virginia State. They're now 2-0. Uh, they are continuing to win. And that's Barlow, the old coach from Alabama State. Oh. Is down there, or up there, I should say, at Virginia State. And it looks like he's getting some good gumbo mix, if you talk about the South, <laughs> getting it done, passing up to Virginia State. Like, like that, a little bit too much spice now. A <laughs> little bit too much spice. Getting it done. One of my favorite teams here getting it done that you have to talk about is old Langston. The Langston Lions out of Oklahoma. Quietly getting it done. Many people are forgetting about them. Langston is 30. Defeated, I should say, Bethany College, 30-7. to 7. As they got it done, intriguing, bringing us to number one. Old Tuskegee. Yes, Tuskegee just continues to roll as they are just beating down people, for lack of words. They beat Albany State 28-18 to as they got it done in the third annual Whitewater Classic, which brings us to the game of the week. The game of the week is a top five matchup. You don't get all these all the time, but at the mid-major, I'm really excited about this matchup. Yes, I just told you about Langston and Lane. Well, guess what? This week, uh, this week they line up against each other, and this game is in Tulsa, Oklahoma. At Booker T. Washington High School, many people around this area are very familiar with Tulsa 
in terms of the history of Booker T. Washington. That is a prominent program. Several times over the years, they've been ranked uh, nationally in terms of high school. Not as late, but they've had some great players come out of Booker T. Washington right there out of Tulsa, Oklahoma. So very intriguing when you look at that type of matchup with Texas Place. So let's jump into what we refer to the big boys in HBCU football top five programs. Interesting enough, we're going to go with number five. This is going to make a lot of people upset, but this is the way the computer saw it, and this is the way I see it, so I'm going to throw it out there. Gremlin State Tigers come in at number five, one first place vote, one and one, depending on which uh, records you have out there. Some people have it listed as 0-1. They played Virginia Lynchburg the first week, and so it goes back and forth depending on what you're doing with the NCAA records. The stats don't count, but some people say the record They, they were leading Arizona so, at halftime. I was going to get to that message. They were leading Arizona 21, not just leading them by a field goal or a point. They put up three touchdowns. Yeah. That's Oaken Cade. Many people are from this area are familiar with him. He's back in action. He was over there playing, or it was what twenty one was 10, at least on the team with Mississippi twenty one to three. Twenty one to three. Twenty one to three at halftime as Gramlin was getting it done. Kincaid went out. Uh, it looked like he will be back this week as they play Jackson State, which they had Jackson State's number. And Jackson State is trying to rebuild. Remember, this Kincaid had played at. Uh, Skyline up there uh, in Dallas took that team deep in the playoffs as he went over the Mississippi but couldn't get it done over there, so he decided to transfer. He transferred to Grambling. It looks like he hasn't lost a touch. But it's so hard if you look at what's taking place. You are talking about an Arizona team. Yes, they are a Power 5 school, but they struggle in terms of pass. So it'll be interesting to see what that matchup is going to be again. They play Jackson State this week. This is a Jackson team that tried to put up an effort on number three. I'm skipping past Flo, uh, Prairie View A&M with one first place vote. The Panthers at number four. We told you what happened against Texas A&M. Let's push up to number three. That's a 2-0 and ball club, Tennessee State Tigers. That are putting up some points. Remember the first weekend they put up 40-plus points and shut out Arkansas Pine Bluff. Where they took on Jackson State this past week. That's in the Southern Heritage Classic. A lot of excitement up there. Field Stadium with over 50-plus thousand people. Well, Tennessee State showed up and showed out. 40-26 to as they get it done. Jackson State did have the lead in that game. At halftime. And then they took it into the third quarter. And they just couldn't score in the second half. They could do anything but put up a field goal. But let us be clear. Jackson State still has some work to do. Two of their touchdowns were off of block punts. So offensively, they really didn't do a lot in terms of that game. So it'll be interesting. O'Shea Ackerman for Tennessee State looks like he's back to his old shape. 14 of 18, very efficient game. 227 yards and two touchdowns as he got it done in Tennessee State Tigers like to run the ball. Eric Evans, 109 yards and 21 carries. They go on and they see travel to Bethune-Cookman. Bethune-Cookman is just outside the five, uh, top five. I will tell you now, they're at number six. So this is a top ten matchup. Three versus six. I'm very intrigued about this matchup this weekend. One to keep your eyes on to tell you how the season will play out. Now, on to Alcorn State Braves. 
one first place vote. They were on television, ESPN3, so I did watch this game. Many people believe Alabama State Hornets should have went into Alcorn State and got this done, it's, but they went to Mississippi, and the Mississippi Braves do what you're supposed to do as a championship team when it counts. They got it done, so they get the win, so they get the credit. They stay at number two. They are still the champions of the SWAC. It'll be interesting to see what can go on. This is intriguing for a top 10 Southern. And top, another top 10 team is Alabama State travels to Southern. Their season could be over really quick. That is 0-2 in the conference race if they couldn't can't get it done on the bluff. The bluff have some, uh, uh, when I say the bluff, we're talking about Southern Jaguars. They have some other thoughts of what they want to get it done. But the big game of the week that I really want to look into and catch your imagination if I can is the North Carolina A&T Aggies. Eight first place votes. You'll see why. They remain number one. They are the Black College National Championship team in 2015 and it looks like they're at it again. They had the big week win for HBCU sports, not just for the MEAC, not just for the SWAC, but all HBCUs. If you look at the fact they defeated first time ever in their history of FBS program, they went to Kent State and literally outlast them as they played four overtimes, but they got it done with a big touchdown catch late in that game as they win the game 39-36, to as I said, in four overtimes. Tariq Cohen is showing as a Dominion guy he can get it done. 133 yards rushing on 24 carries and one touchdown. Let me say that again. 24 carries, 133 yards, and one touchdown. Yeah, this is the guy that flips on ESPN, but he if you're not careful, he's going to flip you too because you are not going to see anything but his backside and his name on the back of his jersey as he also had 125 yards in receptions with nine catches, getting it done. Big time play by Tariq Cohen. He's all everything. He's trying to find a way to find his way playing on Sundays, even at his small size. But he gets it done. Top five teams, Grandma State Tigers at number five. Prairie Vian and Panthers at number four. Tennessee State Tigers at number three. Alcorn State Braves at number two. North Carolina A&T Aggies at number one. Top five for the mid-majors, Lane Dragons at number four. Morehouse Maroon Tigers at number three. Virginia State Trojans at number two. Langston Lions at number one. Tuskegee Golden Tigers. They are on a mission to win that SIAC championship they didn't get last year and to see if they can go further in the playoffs as they made it to the semifinals. Can they find a way to get to a championship game? game and take it all home we shall see big matchups this weekend first let me start with prayer View down on the hill they're traveling to alabama a&m a&m got a big win last week as they snuck down to beat valley and i bring that up because the texas southern tigers host mississippi valley state uh, delta devils they're playing hard that's going to be a tougher game than you would imagine it's good that they're getting Derek griffin back that should be the difference in the game because they should be able to go on top of uh, Mississippi Valley. Valley is struggling too offensively. They put two touchdowns last week against Alabama A&M. They do continue to play, but they tend to play better at home than the road as they took in uh, a lead briefly in their game, 16-14, before in the second quarter, Alabama A&M Bulldogs scored another touchdown, 21-16, to and went away in terms of winning that game very solidly in the actions, winning that game, if you would, 20 uh, eight, I believe it was twenty-eight in that game over um, Mississippi Valley State. 
It was actually 35-16, to 16, as I stand corrected on the score. But Texas Southern, as you look at, they'll be in the mix in that game, and I think they should pull it out. But that's one that I'm sure that you want to get some Doc, the, the, the other thing, that the, the ironic of, of these three teams, TSU's next home game after Valley is Alabama A&M. Because uh, that's right. A&M, uh, Texas Southern goes on the road two games. Uh, goes on the road next. Is it next week? Uh, we have the next. Yeah, the week after the next, next. They're back on the road. Back on the road, and nobody's looking at it as they said the dregs of the league. But I knew Texas Southern was going to be com- competitive just because of, like I said, that, and I'll stay with this because of the coaching staff. Uh, this weekend, I'm looking for TSU to get their first home, or their first win of the season, just because, and. It'll be early on. It'll be coaching. But at some point, like last week, uh, coach made some decisions and all the air was questionable. But when you're coaching early in the season and you got a new and you're in, in a new program, you're trying to rebuild and all, you gotta find out where you are and where you stand and what your kids look like. You know, well, how they how they respond to as coach says when they get slapped in the mouth, how they respond and can they come back. Certainly, and I'm looking for you to break that down that game. Oh, yeah, the they, they, I'll be there. Because it looks like I'll be flying with Prairie View to Alabama A&M, so I'll be able to get some great they, insight. They fly, wait a minute, wait a minute, wait a minute. Prairie, yeah. Prairie, Prairie, Prairie View is flying. Flying, flying. flying to Prairie flying, yeah, they're flying to, they're flying to Alabama. Alabama. That's what oh, they're doing now. Goodness. You, you build a new stadium, you want to do a first class. I'm apparently so. Because I'm going to tell you, if they're gonna be in the bus rides might be over for the for for the Panthers on a on a long trip. Yeah. Wow. You know, to, uh, ten, ten hour bus ride. No. That ain't going to be happening no more. Exactly. My goodness. No, sir. KG, I think we've moved into the next phase of the, uh, of the sports world. Sounds, I'm, I'm impressed. <laughs> I'm impressed. Good for PV. Good for PV. Wildcat. Yeah. Yes, sir. Which local women's basketball team opens it, has uh, begins their season on the road at Baylor and at Texas? I'd have to say either HBU or Rice. Pick. Uh, I'm going to say t- uh, Rice. I'm going to be honest with you. Coach t- t- has has not wavered in, in her attempt to. You are incorrect, move. though. I am? You are incorrect. Coach Finney at HBU, Houston Baptist, opens up at Baylor and well, at Texas. Apparently, then. And then her next game. I, I, I'm, I'm going to say this, and then I'm going to let you. It's apparently. The, the the road trip that they made. Australia? It, it, land it, down under? Yep. Apparently, she's wanting to find out real quick. And she's wanting to get back to the championship game in the Southland. That was kind of nice. You well, know, she looked forward to that. Here's a quote. Uh, we decided early on last year, because we have such a young team, that we wanted to challenge them. And I believe our non-conference schedule does just that. Obviously, opening at Baylor is an incredible task for our young team. Year after year, Coach Mulkey is producing great teams, competing for national championships, and I want our student-athletes to understand what is required to compete at that level. We then traveled to Austin to take on a very talented UT team. I watched them a lot this past season, and they really are a team which will push for a Final Four spot this year and return some of the best players in the Big 12 including 
local product, Brooke McCarthy. So after HBU is on the road at Baylor, at Texas, they come home and host Rice. Hey. November 19th, HBU also plays TSU in Sharp Gym on December 4th. Can I find out where you're at? Early on? Yes. Literally. So um, Rice plays HBU, Rice plays TSU, HBU the same. Houston does not play any of these local area schools, gentlemen, this season. This season? So I, I'm a, I hadn't had an opportunity because, uh, because of the schedule and all. And had an opportunity to talk to Coach uh, uh, Huey since they've come back from uh, from their overseas uh, road trip. But uh, I definitely want to talk to him before media day. Now that uh, school is, is in, it'll be interesting to find out where they are mentally and who's uh, Coach Huey has. He was very pleased with how the team looked in Costa Rica. They went undefeated in their. In the exhibition games, their non-conference schedule is a little different. They have Southeast Louisiana, UNLV, Long Beach State, Texas State, Mercer, Texas Rio Grande Valley, College of Charleston, on the road for Texas Tech. Mm-hmm. Doc, I want you at this game, I'm about to say here. Home for Rutgers on December 10th. Nice. That's Hall of Famer, C. Vivian Stringer. Yeah. We're becoming the Hall fans with her, with her squad. Then Louisiana Lafayette, and they're they're in a tournament, the Ray and Craig Blair Memorial Tournament in San Antonio versus UTSA in Central Arkansas. They wrap up non-conference play, home game versus Alcorn State. So it's a little bit different. So, you know, I still, women's side and men's side, I'd like to see the local teams have a city tournament. It probably won't happen, never happen, but you can, I can still dream. Mm-hmm. But... So those mentions there, and of course, everyone, keep in mind that Notre Dame is having a home game at Campbell Center in November on the 22nd when they host Louisiana Lafayette. And the American Athletic Conference and many of the conferences have announced, men's and women's side, have announced their their schedules for their, their member teams, but the ACC has not announced their basketball schedules yet. So it's not official on the websites of Notre Dame and the ACC. But trust me when I tell you that Notre Dame is coming to Campbell Center to play Louisiana Lafayette November 22nd. That ha- That is confirmed. It's just the entire ACC schedule has not been announced for all the member schools. But that will happen. Trust me and believe when I tell you that. I know that for a fact. Gentlemen, you want to wrap it up? Wildcat got anything to say in closing? Will the Cougs win Thursday? Will the Cougs beat Cincinnati on the road? Short week. I uh, was mentioning that uh, Greg should be back. Playing on he, Sa- he, he practiced today. He uh, practiced tonight, according to Joseph Duarte. Uh, in a uh, what capacity and how long, uh, coach's decision. But uh, it, it'll all work out. We, I, it, I just trust coach. I'm gonna be honest with you. I just trust him. So after yes, Cougs yep. will be three and zero. Should yep, yes they should. Doc. Yeah, definitely. I, I think uh, Coach is going to have that team ready to play. I think the key part is Ward getting back and getting back to practice early this week. I think it's going to be closer than many people um, may want to believe. 
those that are actually looking at the game and understand Cincinnati is to be reckoned with, particularly at home. Because Timberfield is no joke now. He's, yeah, he's, he's I been understand that. that this is going to be a tough game, but I think uh, the Cougars are for real. I think they'll find a way to get it done. Sounds good to me. Wrap it up. Gentlemen, hockey folks, find them on the Internet. You can find the Fifth Ward Wildcat online at Facebook, TweetDeck, Twitter, J.L. Woodley1, Jerry L. Woodley Jr., Blogger, Blogspot, SoundCloud, YouTube, The College Sports Report, AKSV, The College Sports Report, The CSR. Doc? Yes, you can find me on the social media platforms, Dr. Kenyatta Cavill, D-R-K-E-N-Y-A-T-T-A-C-A-V-I-L. That's D-R-K-E-N-Y-A-T-T-A-C-A-V-I-L. You can catch us every Tuesday on Dr. Cavill's Inside the HBCU Sports Lab. We'll go in even a little more detail than we did tonight in terms of some of these big matchups coming up this weekend in terms of HBCU football landscape. So we'll be excited to go uh, into the numbers. That's with Mike Washington and Charles Bishop every Tuesday from 6 to 7 p.m. right there on KCUH TV as you can watch us streaming live in the studio on your tuning app. That's KCUH.com. In terms of watching on the Internet, that's uh, KCUHradio.com, if you would. If you can't catch it live, check out the SoundCloud in terms of the podcast, that's Dr. Ville's Inside the HBCU Sports Lab. Other places you can get all types of information at THG-AGC.com as we give you weekly updates on the Ben L. Cavill. Tomorrow, listen for us to give those helmet stickers in terms of HBCU landscape. Those players that get that Big Ben helmet sticker in regards to playing some big-time football uh, every weekend. We will announce that tomorrow, and we'll go inside the top ten, and we'll see what... Mike Washington and Charles Bishop say about my top five of the top ten list. As it is hot and heavy, and we'll see what all the action and all the talk is about. Gentlemen, I'm going to close out our podcast with a uh, ribbon and a bow to how I began the podcast. This is from a spokeswoman for the North, North Carolina Republican Party in response to the NTA's moved to relocate seven championships from the state of North Carolina for the 2016-2017 season. Quote, this is from Cammie Mueller, spokeswoman for the North Carolina GOP. This is so absurd, it's comical. I genuinely look forward to the NCAA merging all men's and women's teams together as singular, unified, unisex teams. Under the NCAA's logic, Colleges should make cheerleaders and football players share bathrooms, showers, and hotel rooms. This decision is an assault to female athletes across the nation. If you are unwilling to have women's bathrooms and locker rooms, how do you have a women's team? I wish the NCAA was this concerned about the women who were raped at Baylor. Perhaps the NCAA should stop with their political peacocking and instead focus their energies on making sure our nation's college collegiate athletes are safe, both on and off the field, end quote. To say that that statement has been eviscerated on Twitter since it was released 
is an understatement. <laughs> is that the word you you say to that? You read that for the heart? No, no, that's that's my word. That is no, my, that's just what he saw taking place on the internet. People go go in. Twitter Twitter had just lit up. Yeah, her for that that statement. It was emailed out. Some folks folks thought it was it was a joke. It wasn't legitimate. Oh, it's legitimate. <laughs> so here's a here's a response from Duke. Uh, Vice President and Director of Athletics Kevin White on the decision. Not the statement from the DOP, but the NCAA's decision. We agree with the NCAA's decision. Our position has been clear on this matter, which is that this legislation is discriminatory, troubling, and embarrassing. We deplore any efforts to deprive individuals, regardless of sexual orientation or gender identity, of legal protection and rights. We will always be committed to diversity and inclusion and applaud any efforts to ensure that those values are protected and enacted at all times and in all places in the state of North Carolina, end quote. Some people just don't get it. So what do you go. want us to do to sit on the sidelines and not do nothing? So there you go. No, the they want GOP. you to support the GOP framework. If you don't support them, they're going to tell you why something is wrong with you. So I asked that question again. But the rest again. of the world is leaving them behind. What do you want us to do? I just told do. you. They want you to agree. Obviously, you don't. I don't. And I can't. I, so I don't just worry can't. about it. I can't. I can't. I wouldn't, I wouldn't raise that so way. So I'm going to wrap it up. As I always do, I am, well, let me say who I am, of course. I am KG of the Houston Round Bar Review, HoustonRoundBarReview.com, Houston Round Bar Review on Instagram, Houston Round Bar Review on YouTube. You can catch our podcasts on iTunes, SoundCloud, Pod, Pod Directory, um, all kinds of RSS feeds on which podcasts are available. That's how, how our, our man Bruce catches us. Thank you for your your time, insight, and knowledge. Appreciate everyone's uh, support and comments on the Facebook Live segment that we did earlier. Appreciate your takes and support for that. We'll continue doing those in the future. Not sure when the next podcast will be. We've got to get our schedules in sync now as we get into uh, in the heart of football season and basketball season. Rockets Media Day will be September 23rd. Looking forward to that. It's going to be a Friday afternoon. So that's a good thing. So I'm going to wrap it up, as I always do. Not sure why Wildcat just busts out laughing like that. I have no idea. Um, he said the Rockets. Is that why? Okay, well, all right. So there we go there. But yeah, that's where I'm at. So Okay. That's where I'm at. That's where I'm at. So uh, there we go there. All right. <laughs> September 23rd, media day, two hours. The Mike D'Antoni era will officially begin. The 2016 oh, 2017 season gets underway. Looking forward to that. So you can uh, go to the Houston Round Bar View website, Instagram, uh, Twitter, YouTube, etc., and follow that. My takes for media day. I'm going to wrap it up as I always do. In conclusion, be true. Be cool and do more.